Welcome to the podcast of Jessup First United Methodist Church, featuring our pastor, Rebecca Duke-Barton. I'm so glad you're joining us for the first Sunday of Advent at Jessup First United Methodist Church. Our scripture readings during the season of Advent will focus on the angels who came with the message, do not be afraid. We are using Worship Design Studio's resources and we'll be reading the scripture with several readers. This is adapted from the voice translation so that we can hear the familiar story with new ears. May God add a blessing as we read the words of hope from Luke 1, 5 through 25 and then 57 through 80. To understand the life of Jesus, I must first give you some background history, events that occurred when Herod ruled Judea for the Roman Empire. Zechariah was serving as a priest in the temple in Jerusalem those days, as his fathers had before him. He was a member of the priestly division of Abijah, a grandson of Aaron who innovated temple practices, and his wife Elizabeth was of the priestly lineage of Aaron, Moses' brother. They were good and just people in God's sight, walking with integrity in the Lord's ways and laws. Yet they had this sadness. Due to Elizabeth's infertility, they were childless, and at this time they were both quite old, well past normal childbearing years. One day Zechariah was chosen to perform his priestly duties in God's presence according to the temple's normal schedule and routine. He had been selected from all the priests by the customary procedure of casting lots for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to enter the sacred precincts of the temple. There he burned sweet incense, while outside a large crowd of people prayed. Praying! 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 Suddenly Zacharias realized he was not alone. A messenger of the Lord was there with him. The messenger stood just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was shocked and afraid, but the messenger reassured him. Zechariah, calm down. Do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. Your wife is going to have a son, and you will name him John. He will bring you great joy and happiness, and many will share your joy at John's birth. This son of yours will be a great man in God's sight. He will not drink alcohol in any form. Instead of alcoholic spirits, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the time he is in his mother's womb. Here is his mission. He will turn many of the children of Israel around to follow the path to the Lord their God. Do you remember the prophecy about someone to come in the spirit and power of the prophet Elijah? Someone who will turn the hearts of the parents back to their children? someone who will turn the hearts of the disobedient to the mindset of the just and good. Your son is the one who will fulfill this prophecy. He will be the Lord's forerunner, the one who will prepare the people and make them ready for God. How can I be sure of what you're telling me? I'm an old man and my wife is far past the normal age for women to bear children. This is hard to believe. I am Gabriel, the messenger who inhabits God's presence. I was sent here to talk with you and bring you this good news. Because you didn't believe my message, you will not be able to talk, not another word, until you experience the fulfillment of my words. Meanwhile, the crowd at the temple wondered why Zechariah hadn't come out of the sanctuary yet. Why hasn't Zechariah come out of the sanctuary yet? 
It wasn't normal for the priest to be delayed so long. When at last he came out, he was making signs with his hands to give the blessing, but he couldn't speak. They realized he had seen some sort of vision. When his time on duty at the temple came to an end, he went back home to his wife. Shortly after his return, Elizabeth became pregnant. She avoided public contact for the next five months. I have lived with the disgrace of being barren for all these years. Now God has looked on me with favor. When I go out in public with my baby, I will not be disgraced any longer. When the time was right, Elizabeth gave birth to a son. News about the Lord's special kindness to her had spread through her extended family and the community. Everyone shared her joy, for after all these years of infertility, she had a son. As was customary, eight days after the baby's birth, the time came for his circumcision and naming. Everyone assumed he would be named Zechariah like his father. No, we will name him John. That, that name, name is found nowhere in your family. Zechariah, what do you want the baby's name to be? He motioned for a tablet and he wrote, His name is John. Everyone was shocked by this breach of family custom. They were even more surprised when, at that moment, Zechariah was able to talk again and he shouted out praises to God. A sense of reverence spread through the whole community. Wow! In fact, this story was spread throughout the hilly countryside of Judea. People were certain that God's hand was on this child, and they wondered what sort of person John would turn out to be when he became a man. Welcome to our Advent series, Angels Among Us, Flying in the Face of Fear this Advent. We're going to look throughout Advent at the message that the angels brought to Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds as they prepared the way for the coming of Christ. So let's talk about angels for a minute. Throughout the Bible, they are God's messengers. That's actually what the word angel means. It means messenger. They're the connecting point between us and God, bringing messages that span the distance between heaven and earth. Angels are sometimes portrayed in scriptures and, and certainly in religious art as having wings. So I find sometimes it helps us to have something that we can see and touch in our worship. We light candles as we talk about the coming of the light of the world at Advent. So if you've got a feather in your home worship space, let that feather remind you of the message of the angels. Do not be afraid. Those were the words repeated over and over to the people who prepared the way for the coming of Christ. They were words Zechariah needed to hear. Both Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth had proud family histories from important family lines. Zechariah was a descendant of the priestly order of Abijah, and Elizabeth could trace her family all the way back to Aaron. Zechariah had an important job to do as well as a priest in the temple. The priest rotated duties, and it was the turn of his section of priests to take the prayers and the incense offering to the Lord. He was in the sanctuary of the Lord when the angel appeared with that message, Do not be afraid. Why was that message so important that the angels repeated it over and over? Why did Zechariah need to hear the message that day? Well, first and foremost, anyone suddenly in a place you aren't expecting them to be can be startling. Zechariah was alone in the sanctuary. Now, I know at Jessup First, we have a big winding 
church building. And if I'm ever alone, I get a little jumpy if I hear footsteps. Add that angelic glow and the shine of glory and perhaps a set of wings. Zachariah needed to know that he was not in immediate danger. Do not be afraid. And then there were the personal concerns. He and his wife had never been able to have a baby, and they were far past the time to expect that to happen. Getting on in years is the way the Bible phrases it. Perhaps he had long ago given up hope. He had heard the mocking words that people said about his wife. And what if something happened to him? Without a child, who would take care of Elizabeth? The angel is bringing an incredible message that his life is about to turn on its head. He and Elizabeth are going to have a son, a son in their old age. You know this story in your own life. Disappointments, discouragement, doubts. And the message of the angel rings out to Zechariah and to us. Do not be afraid. It can also be true that the weight of the world was on his shoulders, or at least the weight of the temple. He was carrying the prayers of the nation that day. The people were outside praying, praying, praying. It was Zechariah's turn to serve as priest. There were so many priests that his turn didn't come around often, and he had been assigned this day by lot. He wanted to do everything just right. I've said the wrong thing in worship often enough to know that there's always a literal fear of getting things wrong. Like, y'all, the time I married a couple and introduced them with the bride's last name instead of the groom's. I had to stand there while the whole wedding party walked out and the congregation was laughing and my face got redder and redder. You want to say the right thing. You want to do the right thing. I feel it like when I'm praying for somebody too. You ask somebody to pray for you, not because you don't think God hears your prayers, but because you realize what you need is so big that you need prayer partners. So imagine Zachariah's position of being the prayer partner for the whole temple. You wouldn't want to say the wrong ritual, say the wrong word, stand in the wrong place. It's skipping ahead a bit, but here in Advent, we are preparing for the coming of Christ, both remembering and reliving his first coming, but also preparing for his second coming. In the incarnation, in becoming human, God made it clear that he didn't want to be far removed from us. At his death, the curtain to the room where Zachariah was standing would be torn from top to bottom. Access to God is wide open. So back to the moment with Zachariah. It's clear as he was praying, he was readying his heart for whatever was to come. There's something freeing about someone saying, there's no way you can do this wrong. God is pleased with our worship, pleased that we approach him, pleased that we are praying. If the message of the incarnation says anything to us, it's that when it comes to approaching God, do not be afraid. The message for Zechariah was, you don't need to be afraid of God. You don't need to fear for your family or your people. But there's more. Because it turns out that this messenger is bringing a message for Zechariah that will not just change his life, but the whole world. In a life that had known disappointment and ridicule. In a nation that was under the rule of the Romans and had so rarely been able to rule themselves over the past centuries. 
in the temple carrying the prayers of the people, Zechariah heard this message. Do not be afraid to hope. Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. You will have joy and gladness. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. But Zechariah doesn't know what to do with this new hopeful word. He had spent his life, he and Elizabeth, living blameless and upright before the Lord. This hope of a child who would make ready a people was more than his mind could fathom. So Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. Heather Land is a comedian who posts videos on social media complaining about various things from the line at Walmart to school fundraisers, always with the tagline, I ain't doing it. She says, I would rather slide down a sharp razor blade into a tub of lemon juice than spend one more minute behind you in traffic. I ain't doing it. A friend in Colquitt introduced me to the videos. A woman who was always doing something at the church. But if I called her up, she would answer the phone with, hey, preacher, I ain't doing it. She was kidding, of course. But honestly, that's how we treat God sometimes, too. God calls us to do all kinds of things, and so often our first instinct is to say, I ain't doing it. It's what most of the prophets do throughout the Bible. When the angels came to Isaiah, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. When the burning bush was the messenger of the Lord, Moses said he was slow to speech. For Zechariah, when he received the word from the angel, he was afraid to hope. We understand that, don't we? Sometimes our own experiences have made us give up hope. We've waited so long, we've prayed so hard, and it feels like nothing has changed. We've lost hope. We feel the weight of the world, the weight of our nation. We live in a time when we're exposed to so much information that causes fear and anxiety. Flying in the face of fear, flying as an apt metaphor for angels, means putting out information to counteract the messages of fear. As Christian people, we put out messages of hope that the Lord will do what he said he will do. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. And we have reason to hope. Today's the first Sunday of Advent. We celebrate Advent in the church and, and don't make a rush to Christmas because we aren't just celebrating a moment in history. Advent also sends us forward to look into the future that God has promised and to look to the second coming of Christ. And because we believe that Jesus didn't just come the one time, but is coming back again, we realize that we are in the middle of a journey. We live between the first coming and the second coming. Things aren't what they once were, but they aren't yet fully what God wants them to be. Advent allows us to be messengers of the hope that this world isn't what God wants it to be, and God is actively at work covering us with his feathers and his wings, becoming our refuge. I heard Virginia pastor Jason Michelli tell a story. 
Albuquerque police officer Brian Hollis responded to a routine call reporting a convenience store robbery. He went in and took care of the police business, but then as he walked out into the parking lot, he saw kind of out of the corner of his eye a ragged couple sitting in the grass near a dumpster. He turned on his body cam as he approached them. He saw the couple shooting up and then he realized something that he just thought was horrible. This woman was expecting a baby. She looked up at him and he immediately started to scold. What are you doing? You shouldn't be shooting up. You're going to hurt your baby. At first she was defensive and angry. How dare you judge me? Listen, I already know what a horrible person I am. You don't need to tell me. He continued to scold. She continued to defend herself until it was just too much for her and she started weeping. And she told him about the prayer that she had been praying. Her desperate prayers for somebody to come along and adopt her baby. You can see it all on the body cam. The scolding, the crying, and then the change at the word adopt. Officer Hollis already had four children at home, including a 10-month-old. He pulled out a family picture to show her, and he said the words to her that brought life and hope. I will adopt your baby. She looks up stunned at this risky gesture. These words that she can't quite believe. He became a messenger of hope that day. He forgot to turn off his body cam, and so the footage shows him going to find his wife at a party and telling her this unbelievable thing that he's just done, offering to adopt a baby. But without hesitation, she said, okay. Officer Ryan Hollis and his wife Rebecca adopted that baby, and they named her Hope. Have you ever had a moment in your life after which you knew nothing would ever be the same? Advent can remind us that God makes us ready for whatever unknown may come our way and calls us to be messengers of more hope in an ever-changing world. And so we believe in hope. We believe that God will fulfill his promises. Every week of Advent, I'll give you a mission, should you choose to accept it. It's a mission with a message. Angels are God's messengers, but it turns out so are we. I'm inviting you to be a messenger of hope. You can do something tangible to give hope, to bring food for some of our Christmas food drive boxes, or donate a new unwrapped toy for the Wayne County toy drive that we're collecting at our church. Those might be tangible ways that you're able to offer hope. What about the words that you say? What can you say in conversations this week that bring hope and not fear and not despair? We Christian people have the opportunity to change our political climate of rumors and hatred for the other side. We can be messengers of hope. We've said that the angels would have felt comfortable in our world of social media hashtags. Social media can be a place of fear and despair, but you have an opportunity to be a hashtagger of hope. Share our post for the week from our church on your social media accounts and hashtag it more hope.
the message echoes through the years. Do not be afraid. Yes, I believe that there are angels among us. God is making us ready to be messengers of hope, flying in the face of fear in an ever-changing world. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for the messages of hope that you pour into our lives every day. Give us ears to hear what you've called us to hear and open our mouths to speak the words of hope in this world. Take away the fear in our hearts, Lord, and give us the message. Do not be afraid. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the podcast of Jessup First United Methodist Church with Rebecca Duke Barton. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website. It's jessupfumc.org. That's J-E-S-U-P-F-U-M-C.org.